Okay, not hard to get two people. Just go see a great show. Okay, now let me see if it's loaded. You know my favorite friend, Tom Carosa. Not that everyone's not my favorite friend, <laughs> but he has a new song, and I'm going to play it for you today. Here it goes. Wave.
We have now an act called the First Amendment. The First Amendment are an American comedy troupe with a difference. Their show is based entirely on suggestions from the audience. As you can imagine, such a freewheeling style of comedy results in all kinds of outrageous humour. Political assaults, clever mimicry and sackings for BBC producers. Well, will that happen today? Will that happen today? We don't know. But I would like now for the First Amendment comedy troupe to introduce yourself. The First Amendment, please. Who are you? I'm John Fulweiler. Hi, I'm Tom Carosa. I'm Linda Hill. Bill McLaughlin. Hi. Hi. Glad to have you all aboard. Glad to be here. Oh, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Love your haggis. Oh, yes. We love our haggis, too, especially the people from Edmund. Yes, I've thrown down the script, ladies and gentlemen, because it's improvisational comedy time. Bill, I think you're going to explain a little of it to us. That's right. We'll be taking suggestions from you in order to create what we do up here. And to start, we could use some cities from the United States that you'd like to see these people from. So we need three cities, please. Three cities from the United States. Can you raise your hand, studio audience, if you can think of a studio for a studio? Uh, a city from the United States. You, sir, thank you for raising your hand. Uh, bit of a visual joke there, viewers. I mean, listeners, don't worry. Well, I wish you were viewers sometimes, honestly. Um, a city of, from the United States, sir. Detroit. Detroit? Detroit, Michigan. Thank you very much, sir. Detroit, another Michigan. one. Another one? Another one? Good you, sir. I said in the United States. New York. New York. New York. We've heard of it. New York yep. City. Okay. And one New more. Battle. Chicago. Chicago. Chicago, Illinois. Okay. Mm-hmm. Illinois. <laughs> okay, you have your three cities. Off you go. Okay. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Talk Too Much, the American talk show where you can't talk too much because... That's a talk show. <laughs> okay, today we've got folks from all over the United States. Well, actually, two of them from the Midwest and one from New York, but who cares? <laughs> and what we're going to do, we're going to come to you for a question about something important in the news that you'd like these people to discuss. You're going to find out what they think, what's inside their head, if anything. So, let's find out who's here today. Panel member number one, where are you from? What do you do? Uh, yeah, it's good to be on the show. It was just, uh, My name's Tony Zappia. And I come from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, it's a great city in the uh, you know, United States of America. And I, uh, like I run a pizza parlor, I'm starting to be a brain surgeon when I grow up. There you go, a future brain surgeon, and you can tell. Panel number number two. Hello, everybody. My name is Dr. Rudolph Hyanga. I'm from Chicago, Illinois, where I'm the founder and co-chairman of the Institute for Completion Workshop. We find that a lot of people have frustration completing things, so I developed a program to help you. And we find that a lot of people who come to our completion workshop in Chicago never really actually make it into the building. We have to go out on the sidewalk, get them, and bring them in. But once they're in, they're very happy, and we uh, try to uh, help everybody who comes to us. Well, we're glad you made it today. Panel <laughs> member number did. three. My name is Darcy Demure, and I come from Detroit, Michigan, where I am the lead singer for the girl group, the Dynells, following in the footsteps of the Supremes, the Marvelettes, and other people with S on the end of their names. <laughs> All right. Thank it's you. The... Hello, Edinburgh. All right. <laughs> it's the etism. All right. Now this is the important part of the show where you get to ask us about an important issue in the news you'd like to hear these people discuss. So, if you could get from someone out there an important issue in the news. An important issue in the news. I'll just pop in here and ask you, madam, an important issue in the news. Do you have a question? (laughs) Yes, indeed. We have time for ten more. Ah, (laughs) I'm sorry, I asked the chair by mistake. Um, (laughs) we, We have... 
We have, a, we have a man over here, we have a man over here who looks like an official from the BBC, and I think you are Mr. Gorgeous, aren't you? Okay. And a question in the news for these people up here. Senator Dan Quayle. Senator Dan Quayle. It's not a question, it's a name. Senator Dan Quayle. What would you like to know? His sexual preference? Uh, anything in particular? Uh... Well, I'd like to interject something there. I, as I, as I uh, believe, he's uh, Bush's running mate. Am I correct about that? Yes. Gee, yeah. Well, you really now, you know something about Bush. I am... Being, we talk about uh, Vice President Bush at the Completion Workshop all of the time. In fact, I, I wrote a bit about him in a book about, uh, in my Completion book, but it, it's not finished yet. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we talk about politics and how politics, I feel, is a complete hologram for the truth. You know what I mean? It's somebody we could blame when we have a, uh, a national problem. I, I personally am completely dissatisfied with, uh, with uh, Bush, and I hope he doesn't win. We're really hoping Dukakis gets in there because we're completely 100%... Hold on. I know you're a doctor. You've been to school and everything. Yeah, but, well, but, you know, I, I personally, like, I mean, it's not like I have anything against fascism. You know, I, I live in New York, but yeah. it, it's just that I, I feel like, you know, we had Reagan for eight years, and, like, uh, I've been working for, like, three of them. You know, so yeah. I don't like Bush, and besides this guy Quail, he looks he looks like a Ken doll, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, a, a bird, he's a quail, he's a bird in the hand, and we got a Bush already, you know, yeah. I don't get rid of him, you know. There you go. Yeah, yeah, New York. Well, that's why All I'm, right. I'm personally, for my Personally, we wrote a song about Bush because we really think that, uh, you know, he helped out the Motor City because he bailed out Chrysler, you know, when everyone was bankrupted, you know, and like he was all for that and everything, and so we said like, hey, Bush. You should be here to stay. Uh, 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 hey, but, you know, it's really kind of catchy, just like his whole campaign, really. You know? Well, that's why I'm for the caucus. I mean, we've had enough of the Reaganism. I mean, it's not just affecting our country. It's affecting you know, the whole you know what your problem is? You, you're stupid. I'm stupid. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you're I'll, telling me I'm stupid? Yeah, I'm telling okay, you. Okay, okay. Oh, no, my hair's falling. Oh, that's about all the time we well, have today. Two well, people gave Bush the bird, yeah. and one of them likes him. So yeah. let's hope that Quail doesn't fly with us. And that's all for now. Thank Goodbye you. for Thank talk. You. Goodbye. Thank Thank you. First Amendment comedy troupe appearing at the Pleasance Theatre, venue 33, until August the 27th, not the 25th, but the 27th. So they'll be appearing there until the 27th at 10pm, and wow, a gorgeous bunch of fun bundles they were.
That was so say the elemental wizard. Okay, all right. Uh, checking on other things. What else do we have here? Okay, let's see time wise. Oh, I love this uh, little interview with uh, Robin Williams and Jonathan Winters. That's a bit of comedy going. I think it was maybe the Johnny Carson show. How long ago? When you were doing Mork and Mindy, how long ago? Was that 10 or 12 years? About 10. And Jonathan came on and did how many episodes with you? Oh, it was about 20 of them. It Some was, of the funniest episodes ever amazing. on television. We used to run out of film. It was like kind of like those war movies where the machine gun goes, There's no ammo! Yeah, he is, he's been a friend of yours from mine for many years. We would scare people. It was he's on his own show called Davis Rules with uh, Randy Quaid, which is on the air later this fall. Would you welcome Mr. Jonathan Winters? <laughs> We lost the fort. <laughs> the Indians were sober. <laughs> we were drunk this time. <laughs> well, great to be here. Nice to see you. My God. Nice to be here. How, the, how goes the battle? Well, uh, pretty good so far. Um, made it across into Van Nuys. That uh, one shoulder took us out. Uh, gosh, I was so taken with this guy. I was when I first... Uh, First met him and uh, on Mark and Mindy, we we did we we had a marvelous Those time. Those were good days. <laughs> you had access to more medication in those days. <laughs> uh, yeah, some of the shows were real quick. I, I noticed the stuff wore off tonight. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Columbian College Fund. Yeah. 
Mr. Williams didn't know you in the days uh, when you and I oh, were... Oh, when uh, we were on the sauce. To, yeah, when we were uh, having a little... Well, yeah, we, uh, Johnny and I... Uh, Can we have those on block for you? <laughs> we, I'm sorry. Could we have those uh, sent well, out clean for you? It was easy getting them on. <laughs> <laughs> and now, here, I'll, you want to play with those? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this way I'll, I won't have so much guilt. <laughs> General, what is your official title on that? General or just general? I'd like general? to be a general. Okay. I was a corporal. I'd rather be a general Sir. tonight. Uh, I, I want to congratulate. Makes me feel important. Yes, I want to congratulate you, General, on winning uh, the Emmy for well, uh, thank Davis you. Rules, I... best supporting actor. Thank you. Well, it's. Uh, I must tell you briefly about it. I know our time is limited here, but not really. Uh, I really really didn't think that I was going to win, and otherwise I would have been there. And uh, I turned to my, my wife of many years, and I said, what do you think, sweetheart? And she said, you don't stand a chance. <laughs> and uh, so... It's that kind of support that's kept yeah, you together, that, hasn't it? That makes one want to return to, you know, the shaving lotion. Uh, but... Anyway, you don't stand a chance, you said. You know what I'm saying? Oh, she just said, look, look, look at the competition. And it was just, you know, Durning, my God, this guy uh, from Evening Shade and then, of course, uh, Cheers and all this. Right. They've been on many, many years. And I thought, well, well what do we do? And fortunately, we, we had a thrilling evening. Um, and that isn't a put down because I know uh, the guy that threw the evening is uh, hopefully listening. Um, we, had, um, we had a choice, uh, one choice of going to a, a fellow's uh, house uh, to have ribs. And uh, <laughs> thought I'd say his, you know, no, no. Um, but we had, uh, they were marvelous ribs, hands and all that stuff. And, uh, that, and then we, we sat down and watched, there were about 12 or 14 of us, and then they announced it. And I saw the picture of myself, the still. And uh, I, there's no explanation, you know, where is he? You know, they can say a lot of things. And uh, I was in uh, just a... Uh, a house with uh, and with other people mm -hmm. and ribs. So, um, <laughs> but it was a big throw. I asked, and then the following day, I said, "Where is the award?" That's right. And uh, somebody said, "Well, since you weren't there, you don't get it." <laughs> uh, was that your wife again? No. no. <laughs> How is the missus, by the way? She's fine. Good. Good. She's fine. She looks better than ever. And uh, there's, oh, of course, I, come on, we're not kids anymore, John. <laughs> oh, you know. And uh, but she's not bedridden, and. Um, <laughs> Oh, that's right. No, no. She's but, very active. But the romance is still there. But you've got to stay up all night, you know, to keep her active. And, uh, <laughs> a lot of, you know, a lot of things she say, you know, I come at her and, and play these ridiculous games. I'm sure he plays the same thing. And, um... Do you wear this uniform when you... Sometimes, yeah. Sure. Nothing wrong with that. If I'm Just a cape, no pants. That's right. That's right. Uh, uh, and, uh, you react battle scenes, I suppose? I, uh... I, many times she'll say things like, I don't know what she means by that. Don't you have a ball game to watch? <laughs> uh, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning, I don't think many of them are playing. At any rate. Yeah. Now, how do, you, how do you deal going down doing the show? You know, you, as you say, you're not as young as you used to be. A lot of stress doing the show. Yeah, there is a lot of stress. Um, you take your painting materials down there? Oh, no, there's oh. not that time. Awesome. <laughs> 
usually I just uh, get the legs begin to go. I was talking to an athlete the other day, a professional. He told me he was. It was on a bus. and <laughs> You had no way of knowing it. I had no way of knowing. I knew he was on a bus. He was in trouble. So uh, he said he played with the Washington Redskins, and he said, you know, the first thing to go, John, talked very fast. And uh, he was trying to get off. He couldn't get off the bus. Legs were really gone. <laughs> and um, so somebody just dragged him off and faced him again. But at um, any rate, uh, he said the first thing to go are the legs. And I find that at 6'5", uh, you're on these hard floors, um, legs go. Yeah. They really go. The mind, of course, hey, that was gone a long time ago. <laughs> but the legs, when they go, everything goes. Yeah. Do you get back to Ohio often? Oh, I haven't been back for uh, really. <laughs> That's your heart. Well, well, I'm sorry about the Reds. <laughs> Can't throw baseballs at those guys and hurt them, you know, and do that. Um, at any rate, um, no, I, I I get back every once in a while. There's always a guy with a toothpick, you know. And, uh, hey, how you doing, John? Very good to see you. How you doing out there? We don't see you. We don't get what you do here. Well, do you get anything? <laughs> Not a lot. Not a lot. The only thing in, in my section of Ohio, the river's dried up. <laughs> Fish are just there in the dust. <laughs> They're good eating, yeah, though. Oh, yeah. Well, already get yourself some well, trout jerky. It's like a chicken, you know. If you, if you hit a chicken in the road, we used to just throw it in the back of a pickup. <laughs> Get yourself some Tennessee pizza. <laughs> just a bad. Put that on there right there. They've already been. They've already been cleaned. They've been gutted and cleaned. We're, take everything we're over. We're going to just take a break here. Well, have you ordered the Prozac? And we'll be right back after this. Stay where you are. That's a fun episode, wasn't it? Don't forget Betty Joe Tucker movie at headquarters every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Always a funny month with Betty. Okay. <laughs> it's on Blog Talk Radio every Tuesday at 4 p.m. There's a truck going by. It's summer still. Okay. Well, can we end it, though? We're down to our last three minutes. Okay. Let me see what I got for you here in our last three minutes. Let's see. I've got to check this out. Don't forget, no name, word up, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Okay. Okay. What do we got? Here we go. A few years ago, this movie came out, and it really upset me. It was based on this true story about this rugby team that crashed in the Andes along with their family, friends, and college roommates. What really bothered me was the dilemma they faced when they ran out of food, and it didn't look like anyone was going to find them. So they had to make what was probably the most gut-wrenching decision of their lives, which was to eat the dead. Oh. What a decision to have to make. And if that weren't heinous enough, who would you eat first? Family? Friends? In what order? Dad? Mom? Sis? In what part? Ugh. Just picturing the process upsets me. Well, many therapy sessions later, and soon after my therapist disconnected his phone and moved away without telling me, a cab driver reminded me that blood is thicker than water and Tipping is not a town in China. Well, logic dictates, okay, not everybody's logic, but mine. The first course should be your best friend or college roommate. With that in mind, I composed a little ditty, which should they ever do a musical version of the movie alive? 
I want the producers to feel free to put this song anywhere in there. And I would like to preface this by saying this song is in every way in bad taste. I ate my best friend's brain today. I baked it in the sun. She said that she had all the brains. Now I have more than one. La-dee-da, la-dee-da. She wasn't really a great friend. Never would she backward bend or go out of her way to lend me her pay. So I ate my best friend's brain. La-dee-da, la-dee-da. I don't know what a best friend is. Should be something more. A friend would let you eat her brain when you're not near a store. La-dee-da, la-dee-da. We went to the same school, lived in the same dorm. When she bought me a beer, but the beer was warm. So I ate my best friend's brain. La-dee-da, la-dee-da. And when the plane crashed in the snow, for her it was the end. She was always more cerebral, so I cracked open a cranium. I made a frittata of her medulla oblongata. My leg was broke, but I didn't choke when I ate my best friend's brain. And la-dee-da, la-dee-da, ah When I ate my best friend's brain. Thanks for tuning in. This has been What's the Buzz in New York with your host, me, Nancy Lombardo. My CDs are available for download on CD Baby. Big kiss. Bye-bye.